Welcome everyone. Oh my goodness gracious, the echo in this place with it being a new place. Welcome everyone to the Fly Guys Podcast. My name is Justin Goodart. I am alongside Cameron Klein. We are in the brand new FGP studios of Cameron Klein's attic, we'll call it, if you want to call it that. I'm not sure what exactly I call it. I've just called it the upstairs area. I think it, I think it was at one point an attic. Um, and then probably, you know, like Seamus O'Shaughnessy or whoever it was that lived, <laughs> that built this house, eventually turned it into a loft. Um, it's funny you called it. Brand I like it. New. You know what? I like that better. In the loft, we are yeah. in the FGP studios. The loft. Yeah, it I is. Like it is a technically more. a loft. Then I, that's what I'm going to go with from now on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, it's funny that you called it brand new because it's a very old house. It's it's only like you know, I Ben Franklin, I think, invented electricity here. He was probably around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he invented like, electricity as well. Apparently. I'm wondering if like they're going to be able to hear. I'm going to like stand in certain spots. Now it's it's not gonna creak now. Watch, a oh, little bit. Wait, yeah, you were standing in a good spot earlier. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now that is what you call an old timey beautiful house. I I like to think that they're not even gonna be able to hear that, and they're gonna hear us satisfied. With I it I can edit cool it in post. It. I can raise the you know the yeah. meters and all that's that. That's a but, lot of effort. Um, let's talk about <laughs> you know what's all, you know what's a lot of effort. <laughs> Being a fan of this freaking team, that's a bit a lot of effort. Which team is that? The Philadelphia Flyers, oh, okay. based in Philadelphia, established 1967 by one Ed Snyder. I thought we were here to talk about the Union. Oh my! Did they win yesterday? No. I didn't think they did. No, you, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Apparently. Well, that's what you get when you try and you know screw other the other team's uh, fans out of getting tickets. So you know. Oh, is that uh, what they did? I don't yeah, know. they lo- allowed the New York whatever team they're called, two hundred and fifty fans oh. tickets. See, I like that. I mean, I think that's funny. I don't actually. I think it's I really th- petty and stupid. It's a, <laughs> Just, and you know what? And they got exactly <laughs> what they deserve for being that petty yeah. and stupid. Well, apparently they missed like five of their starters. For some, I don't even know. COVID I, was the reason. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I yeah. <laughs> when you're in today's day and age, when you're missing five starters, COVID's almost always the that's reason. That's true. Why. That's true. It's usually probably not like a, a a series of jammed thumbs or something. But um, let's just let's just know. talk about anyway. It. The, the news of the day. <laughs> it is it is a Monday afternoon. I'm it's, trying to keep myself in a positive mood because uh, it's gonna be hard to. Yeah, some people dark. are very happy today. Some people are very happy today. You see, and if you're happy today, I I mean, God bless you for being able to find the positives. You're lost. You're lost. So the Philadelphia Flyers have fired Elaine Vigneault as head coach. They've also uh, gotten rid of uh, Michelle Tarion, which, I mean, I'm not going to... That one's kind of, yeah. That one should have happened far sooner than it did. Yeah, I think everybody's in agreement on that one. But Elaine Vigneault is just the another notch in the history of Flyers head coaches that have not been able to make it more than four seasons. I tweeted this out from our uh, from our Twitter account, Fly Guys Podcast at Fly Guys Pod or right, yeah, at Fly Guys Podcast. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. Um, The one and only. (laughs) So, you know, when the last time we had a head coach that went more than four complete seasons, I thought it was Ken Hitchcock. I was wrong. That was that was the first. I but I know it's not him because we've had this discussion. We had this discussion with Frankie. Hextall was like the longest since. So with you mean GM? I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Hextall. Hextall was Hextall went since like the, since the mist. Right. He the went fall? three and change, much like yeah. um, what you call it. Hitchcock went three and change. Yes. Peter Laviolette went three and change. Yes. John Stevens three and change. No, the Flyers have not had a head coach that has completed four complete seasons since Fred Shiro. Yes, the fog. Right. Yeah. Now. 
a lot of that you can attribute to the impatience of Ed Snyder. I mean, he got rid of some great coaches. Um, yes. You know, uh, Roger Nielsen was our head coach for a little while here. Uh, I mean, Mike Keenan's not exactly a notable head coach. But, I mean, hell, Bill Barber was a head coach mm-hmm. here at one point, and he had the Flyers as like a number one seed. Didn't go well. He got canned. Yeah. So it's not inconceivable to think that an impatient man like Ed Snyder would you know, get rid of a head coach, but we're not, this is an impatience as to why Elaine Vigneault is gone. This is the most quintessential example of organizational ineptitude. And you know what? I saw the report that Chuck Fletcher delayed this and didn't want it to, you know, didn't want it to come to this, but uh, Dave Scott, I guess the principal owner of Comcast, there go the principal owner of the Philadelphia Flyers or however that's drawn up on the board said, no, this is what we're going to do. That tells me two things. One, Dave Scott probably doesn't know that much about hockey and probably should not be butting his nose into affairs. Was Elaine Vigneault going to be let go as head coach? Yeah, I think he was eventually going to be let go, and it probably would have happened within a month or two with the way things were going. But um, Elaine Vigneault wasn't the problem, Cameron. Not the only problem. Maybe he wasn't a solution, but to celebrate his exodus? Yeah. We have nothing to celebrate here. I mean, are we we forgetting that like within – not even two years ago, he was a, a Jack Adams finalist. Like he, everything was, we looked like we were on the rise. We were going to be competing yeah. with the Islanders and Lightning for we were Eastern Conference championships. Celebrating a cultural change that had happened two years ago. That had that. I mean, you and I. The, his first season. His first season. We we were in love week, with him. That first week, I remember texting you, saying, "The Flyers are fun again." Since the since the first time since 2012, mm-hmm. I'm having fun watching this team play. I, I remember again. that. Yeah. And in it's in and in a shorter amount of time, it's gone. Now, it's now, done. listen. Life comes at you fast, and I saw an amazing tweet. I forget who put it out, but he said every NHL head coach today woke up one day closer to being fired, which yeah. is true. And that's for every coach in you know every league ever. So it's not a job where you usually go out in good graces. No, I think most I can, head coaching jobs in general, except for the really the I can only greats of any sport. I can only think of a few, and mm-hmm. when I go to the identify, I think of Bill Walsh. Right. I think of Bill Cower. John Madden. John Madden was yeah. another one. You, I, I would, I imagine Bill Belichick is going to have that kind of. <laughs> Based on the way the Patriots are playing, yeah. yeah. If he went out after this year, yeah. Anybody? Okay, I'm going to say this right here now. Anybody who doubted New England because of last season, you're a you're a moron, and this is what you get. <laughs> okay, I'm I've almost like I'm almost a fan of what New England is doing. If they weren't in Miami's division, I would be a fan of what New England is doing. Do you How think- dare you? How dare you disrespect greatness like that? I mean, How dare you spit in the face of arguably the greatest coach of all time? Not arguably. Right. Not arguably. I'm being generous. My point is is that if you didn't think that Bill Belichick, after spending the most money he has ever spent in free agency his entire life, wasn't going to come out swinging with a new young rookie stud quarterback coming out? Yeah, come on. Just stop. Anyway. No. Yeah. The point is uh, most head coaches don't get that kind of exit. Um and Elaine Vigneault will Elaine not be Vigneault one of those coaches. Yeah, not that he has been, you know, in, in his prior throughout his. career. But here's the thing: he had, had so success, much more success but... with Vancouver yeah. and with New York, and it's just like, let's look at take a look at the head coaches since John Stevens was fired midseason. Right. They bring in Peter Laviolette, yeah, who immediately turns the team around, and yep. they go to the Stanley Cup Finals in his first like half season of being the head coach. 2011, they're the number two seed in yeah. the East get bounced in round two against the three-seeded Bruins. Mm-hmm. 2012, they're the fifth seed, 
they bounce out Pittsburgh in round one and then get crushed in round two against the Devils. Yeah. And then 2013 starts. It's a disaster start. Yeah, he's Laviolette's fired within like two weeks. Yeah. So then they replace him with Barubi. And Barubi comes in and yeah. blows everyone else with his big socks and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, 2014, they go back to the playoffs. And they take to the Eastern Conference champion New York Rangers, led by Elaine Vigneault. Yeah, familiar face. To seven games before yeah. ultimately falling in game seven. Yeah. The next year comes, they're a disaster on the ice. Don't make the playoffs. Barubi's let go. They bring in Dave Hackstall. <sighs> we can talk about They made the playoffs their first year under Dave Hackstall. Yeah. Then the next year they didn't. Then the next year they did. And then midway through another disastrous 2018-2019 season, they let him go. And then, um, oh, my God, uh, who is it that finishes out the season? Uh, Scott Gordon. Scott Gordon, yes. He finishes out the season from the Phantoms. From the Phantoms. And the team obviously was a mess by that point. They don't bring him back. They bring in Elaine Vino. First season. Uh, yeah. Takes him to the playoffs. Right. right. They look great. Next couple seasons after that, disaster ensues. Yeah. Uh, so, at what point do we say <laughs> enough's enough? Right. You can blame the head coach till the cows come home. But I'm starting to think, Cameron, this is a talent issue. Are you starting to think that? I don't know, man. I've just been getting the idea over the last six years that the talent might be a problem here in Philadelphia. Yeah, you, are you, is, what makes you think that? The fact that one head coach who we fired then went on to go to a Stanley Cup, another head coach that we fired then went on to win a Stanley Cup? The only, like, our saving is grace is that it's, Dave Haxtell truly was a disaster. Right. He's really, he, this is crazy. He's the outlier of that list. <laughs> That's fucking bananas. Understand something. You know what's going to happen? Elaine Vino is going to get another job. You, 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 I already know what's going to happen. He's going to get a job whenever, like, the Canadians need to pick their new head coach. He's going to end up in fucking Montreal, right? And they're going to fucking the, go to the, the Eastern Florida Co- Panthers or some shit now. Yeah, you know, like, they're going right. to. Oh, if he ends up with Florida, oh, you mark it right now. They're going to the Stanley Cup yeah, finals. It's over. Yeah. They'll lose, but they'll get there. Like here's the thing: I'm not saying like I'm I'm Team AV that he, you know, he got the raw end of this deal or whatever. No, like the the team has not been playing well. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. He he hasn't been fixing things, but at the same time. At what point are, are any of these guys going to get time? You got to give them time sometimes. You got, and, and the other thing too is you also got to evaluate other things. And here here's the most disturbing part about all of this it, for me is you bring up the fact that Chuck Fletcher said that you know he didn't he was trying to hold off on this mm. and that essentially it's been hinted at that you know the higher ups of the Philadelphia Comcast forced their hand and they're like no 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 this needs to happen now. I brought up before this season started, right, before the free agent acquisitions happened, I brought up the fact that one of the things holding this team back throughout the past 20, 30 years has been the management, has been the ownership necessarily, right, or essentially. It's, they don't give anybody, not, not that they don't give anybody a chance, I'm not saying you can just give everybody as much time as they possibly can, but what I'm saying is, is they are ripping the rug out constantly, how many head coaches, how many coaching regimes has Claude Drew, your star player, have to adapt to throughout his entire goddamn career? Let's see. John Stevens, Peter Laviolette, Craig Berube, uh, Dave Haxtall, Scott Gordon. I'll, I'll throw him into that. Yeah, you can. Elaine Vigneault. So since 2008, the Flyers are now going to be on their seventh head coach, temporarily Mike Yo. And let's be honest, we've been talking about these young prospects who they've been building and building and building since oh God. 2012, really? Oh, God. 2013, 2014. How are you going to build somebody in a coaching regime when the coaching regime keeps changing? And can we just talk about the scouting for a second? That too. That too. And that and that goes back to management. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who is this guy? Since Claude Giroux, who have we developed in this town that has turned out to be as advertised? The judge is, the jury's still say, out on Carter Hart right now. I would now. say Coots, but that's pretty Couturier? much the only two. Because Coots, they, they advertise but he came, as... But, but to be fair, Coots didn't spend any time with the Phantoms. He came right up and was no, that's NHL true. ready. That's true. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, he is an outlier. So what you mean when someone yeah. falls into their lap... Right. And he's having a bad year, too, right now. So yeah, well, they all are. Yeah, they're all but happy. the thing is, yeah. is just that you can go on and on and on about how Elaine Vigneault's system and he didn't hold his guys accountable, and maybe he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've heard that before. When the one, What was the big thing that every Flyers fan said when Elaine Vigneault got hired here? He's not Finally, gonna, somebody's going to hold yeah. these players Yeah, And he's not going to play the young guys. Right. He almost played the young guys to a fault. <laughs> yeah. And even still, he still, like, he still signed guys like Derek Riscard. He still was... Playing Nate Thompson every time he was healthy. Yeah. I'm mad at myself, Cameron, though. I'm mad at myself because I watched that team play in the preseason against Boston. Sam Wismer takes me to the game. I remember I saw Frankie at the game. Oh, yeah. And I remember Sam being kind of excited about the way they're playing. Mm -hmm. I remember Frankie liking the way they were playing. And those two are really smart hockey minds. And if you don't follow them on Twitter, you should. And if you don't listen to their content, you should. But they were wrong, in my opinion, about – what this team was. And I'm such a homer, and I can't separate my love for this team and objectivity and just say, no, I'm going to stick with my guns and say they're going to be terrible this year because I saw them get outclassed for about two and a half periods by the B-list Boston Bruins. Right. And then they win the game in overtime, of which, by the way, too many people celebrate overtime goals in the preseason. Shut up. But that's neither here nor there. I knew this team wasn't going to be good. Right. And because I just I, I wanted to believe in so badly that 2019-2020 was the real Flyers and that the next season was just truly a freak of nature and wouldn't happen again, I brushed all that aside and I said, I, I believe in them. And much like the beginning of last year, they totally fooled me. Yeah. Four for 50 on the power play. You don't even belong in the – you know, this power play wouldn't stand up in the American Hockey League. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people talk about the injuries, which is which is, it's fair. That's fair. That's a fair thing. And that's I, – I would argue the injuries as a fair assessment for you arguing to not fire AV. I get that. But in terms of, like, you know, fixing the power play and those kind of – the other issues that this team is having. Because it wasn't just one thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, the injuries – like, yeah, yeah, you're having injuries. But most of the guys on the team are, are capable of – Playing professional hockey, playing I mean, they professional get paid hockey too. at the NHL level. Not all of them. Some of them were called up. Shit happens. But for the most part, other than maybe one or two pieces on the team, every single one of those guys are NHL caliber players. NHL caliber players don't go four for fifty on the power play. Though. No, they don't. That you can't let that happen. You, that's, here, that's, a, that's despicable. Here's the other thing about this that this just it just drives me insane. They've scored fifty one goals this year. Yeah. They've played 22 games. Do you understand? Right. That is barely over two goals yeah. per game. Meanwhile, they've allowed 70. What's 70 divided by 22? Well, that's more than that's well over three goals per game that you're allowing. And you can't blame Carter Hart. No, I'm not going to blame Carter Hart. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you can't. That's no longer an excuse anymore. It was last year. Last year, that was brought up a lot. Well, Carter Hart hasn't been playing well. Carter Hart hasn't been playing well. But Hart, listen, Hart, that was his first truly horrible game last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The whole the, team is the, terrible. And you know what? And then you look at the analytics, and I know that you know I was on the analytics train, and then I was kind of off of it, and I don't really know it's, where it has it's, its place. They're like dead last in Corsi 4 
Their expected <laughs> goals for is 38.7%. They get no shots off. Yeah. They don't forecheck. They get no zone time. They don't exit their own zone correctly. And you know what? That is on AV. That's on him. He's the that head is. coach. That but is. you know what? You know what helped yes. AV a little bit? If you had some real talent here. If you stop parading the idea that at this point in his career, Claude Giroux is a first-liner because he's not, he and need, that's he, that's okay that he's not. It is, but it's one of those things is like the, the – the, the 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 shape of the team right now, he has to be, and that's sad. That's Joel Farabee's hurt; he'll be out week to week, yeah. which means we're not going to have our best goal scorer on the ice, and this will only get worse. They're not they're not going to fix things tonight against Colorado with no. Mike Yo. And when yeah. we go to the game on Wednesday, you think they're going to fix it against the Devils? Devils, I don't think they're very good, but they're an inspiring team to watch. They they care about what they do on the ice. They'll get stomped in New Jersey. I'll wear the Sixers jersey to the game if I have to. I don't want to be seen in Flyers orange right now. I don't know. Maybe I'll wear it. But I just I can't get over the fact that this team was the number one seed, and I'm I'm gonna like shoot myself in the head thinking this. Yeah. They were the number one seed in the East, and game one against Montreal, they've that they've never looked the same since. They won yeah. that game one to nothing, and I remember thinking after that game, I'm like. Well, you know, Montreal is a different team. You know, maybe they'll just – it was just one of those nights. You can't, yeah, you can't bad, be dominant every matchup. night. Yeah, right. Need but the then styles. it never got better. No. Even those three overtime wins against the New York Islanders, I mean, they scratched and clawed for every goal they got. They scratched and clawed for every win they had in that series. But did you feel like at any point that they had the handle on that series? Maybe when Ovi or Provi scored that goal? No, I still to, didn't feel that way. Like, here's the thing. Like, they, they – they didn't. At the end of the day, in hindsight, twenty twenty, they didn't deserve to be there. No, they got hot at the right time, right. and then the round robin came, and they, out, other, they outplayed the Capitals. Out, go figure. They outplayed themselves. They outplayed themselves. They played well above their heads, and exactly. it, and it it, mm-hmm. it didn't work out well. What's funny to me though is that you know we we you were just talking about the analytics, um, how just you know this off season. And it wasn't just me and you. It was me and you, but it wasn't just me and you. There's plenty of other people that were just, oh, man, they were playing with house money. We were on a houseboat, drinking beers, shirts were off, you, flags were the flying. Shit, the shit talkers towards the analytics Oh, yeah, just oh, yeah. risk the line in. It doesn't matter. Add oh. this guy, add that guy. And all of us, was, analytics don't mean shit. And they just partying hard, and we are hungover today, man. And now we and we then, are hung and over person, today. And we were shit talking our bosses. Now we got to go face them in the office. Yes. Yeah. Just, say what you will. Just so you know, I hate to say it, and I I hate I I fucking I hate to say it, and I hate it because I know how happy it would make him if you were to hear it. In terms of getting the puck out of the zone, Shane Gosses Bear was very, very good at that. And I hate to say that. But Shane Goss' bear was, was, and is, and is, very, very good at doing that. Entries and exits. It's what he's probably best in. <laughs> I just well, listen, I gotta say listen, it. 
I it, have to say. Well, listen, Eric will love that. I mean, I don't think he'll actually love it. I think he's in as much pain as we no, are right I, now. No, yeah, yeah. But listen, Shane Gossespierre wasn't turning this boat around either. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, you're right. Can you make you're the right. argument that maybe, you know, listen, you hold, man, that for all oh, that first round pick that Buffalo has of ours right now. Oh, yeah. It's been oh, bad. it's looking pretty damn good right now, isn't it? Yep. They should have made that a conditional first. What were they thinking? Here it, we are. Or you know what? You know what they should have done? Is not traded for Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. But listen, it was a good idea in theory that they needed to get bigger and tougher yeah. because to get better at hitting. Uh, the problem is I think they were also expecting the parts of their game that were so good a couple of years ago to also return. To remain, right. To return yeah. back to what yeah. they were. And that has not happened. So now all you have is just a broken franchise of a team. I don't know where you go from here. I don't know. I don't who, either. There is one in, man. In terms of this season and in terms of the next 10, I have no idea. You got to get the next head coach selection right. Well, yeah. that yeah. And there is one guy. But here's the thing. Will that even do enough? Will that be enough? Elaine Vigneault is the right guy. In my opinion, if you're going to hire well, – no matter which coach it is. I want John Tortorella. I know you want John Tortorella yeah. because we've been waiting for this man to be a Flyers head coach for a long he, time. He just He's amazing. If you're going to do this – you're going to have to do it right, which means you're going to have to accept the fact that you're going into next year with young players playing and select veterans with the exception that you're not going to be good. And you're going to trade a guy like Sean Couturier or trade a guy like Claude Giroux to a contender to get back draft picks because a team like the Calgary Flames or a team like, hell, the Florida Panthers might want a Sean Couturier to aid in their cup run. Sean Couturier is not going to finish his career as a Philadelphia Flyer. I've already, I already know I don't that. Think, yeah, but I don't think they're trading him. I don't think they're going to trade him this year or, or next year. Next, year. next couple years, but yeah, uh, Giroux, like, yeah, definitely. I saw on Twitter, did the Flyers truly make the right decision by giving Claude Giroux the captaincy? And I was like, how are we still having this conversation? How, firstly, where does that come into play? Because of what freaking Cam Atkinson said. What did Kay Mackinson say? How he was so forward about, like, you know, what was going on with the team and, you know, what's going on inside the locker room and how Drew is very, you know, reserved and he doesn't reveal that much. Guess what? Yeah, he doesn't reveal a lot to the media. That's, I don't. That's fine. I don't think Claude Drew cares what Cam Atkinson said. I don't care what Cam Atkinson said. You shouldn't care what Cam Atkinson said. Cam's just simply speaking his mind and he has every right to do so. But to take what is going on and then say, well, it's obviously because Claude Drew is a terrible captain. When you don't know what's going on inside that locker room, when you don't know what's being said, okay. Listen, we've we've had this discussion before. We we know people that happen in that locker room that have talked to these players. There's it, it's that that's to me what what I guess frustrates me the most when people bring up the whole Claude Giroux is a bad captain thing. Uh, you've never met the guy. You don't work with the guy. You aren't led by the guy. So what are you talking about? Because everybody that I've talked to that has met him. Uh, talk to him, talk to the people that he works with, talk to the people that he works with about how he works, so that there is no debate in that locker room of who who was in charge, and it's Captain Claude Giroux. And the other thing too is like in that Cam Atkins thing, I didn't see it because to be honest with with my move, my personal move, my move at work, everything, a lot of a lot of moving going on. I have not been as up to par with the Flyers as I would like to be, but. So I missed that Kim Atkinson little snippet there. But how I took that was like, well, yeah, Giroux just doesn't talk to the media a lot just because he, he keeps it all in-house. 
How do you take that statement and hear, oh, that must mean that Drew is terrible. And it's his fault that we're losing. Claude I'm Gir- going to post that. Claude Giroux um, on today, well, obviously with the news of Elaine Vigneault being fired, simply said we don't have an identity. He's right. Said it's a wake-up call. Um, they're not going to wake up, obviously. But the first comment, time for a new captain. This is from – This 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 is the guy. The first comment. The first comment here. This Cameron. is the guy who has sacrificed – his entire career being a top-tier elite hockey player with this team for what? And your reaction immediately is it's his fault. What else has the guy? What, what else is he supposed to do? He played with a fucked-up wrist for three seasons, playing, being a point-per-game player, mind you, in that time. 2018, he scores over 100 points. Last year, he's your top scorer. What else do you want from the guy? The Drew hate, I just, uh, like... You know what? I'm, I'm not even angry. It's just exhausting. It's just like... It's exhausting. When he's gone, that song, You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone, they're gonna miss him when he's gone. Big time. Oh, yeah. I, like You're I was, not gonna replace 900-some-odd points of production. That, that was what... My biggest takeaway from today was was that okay, well then, I, I we're not winning the cup this year. Obviously, that's definitely not going to fucking happen. I mean, it wasn't going to happen really even going into this year. I never, I didn't really believe, but it's definitely not going to happen now. Um, and within the next couple of years, it's probably not going to happen then either, unless some again, unless like you're saying, John Terrell does become the head coach and catches that lightning in a bottle and is able to maximize the talent on this team, which we do think there is talent here. Um. So my biggest takeaway from it is the fact that Claude Giroux is not... It's over. The chance of Claude Giroux winning a cup with the Philadelphia Flyers is over. And that is the most depressing part about it to me. I tweeted out a uh, list of um, Philadelphia athletes that uh, never got... Will will never or never got to win a title in Philadelphia. And when you honestly... Oh, there's look, a lot of them, boy. Well, when you just listen to these names for just a second... It's um, it's one of the more depressing things. Uh, I've already stated I'm already out with it. Joel Embiid will never win a title in Philadelphia. The Sixers are never going to win a Finals. So Joel Embiid, Allen Iverson, Roy Halladay, Claude Giroux, Donovan McNabb, Brian Dawkins, Eric Lindros, Ron Hextall, Harold Carmichael. Randall Cunningham, Reggie White. That one's a true shame. John Cruck and Bryce Harper. I was wondering when you were going to put Bryce in because if you put Joel Embiid in, I was like, you got to have Bryce in mm. that list. I until because I, I expect I would I would expect the Sixers to win a championship over b- before the Phillies? the Phillies. Yeah, I would agree with you. But yeah, yeah. So you could hell, and then there's like and then there's so many of just the not the stars but just the good players. Yeah, good players. Yeah, the Mark Reckies, the yeah, the Simone Gagne. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list in the Flyers goes on and on and on. And on and on and on. Mike because Richards, they haven't won a cup since 1975. Daniel Briere. Danny, oh God, Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger, yeah. Kimo Timonen. I'm just... Champions, just not in Philadelphia. Just not in Philadelphia. Yeah. And that's the old, that's that's, the old joke of Philadelphia. <laughs> but like, at what point do we just say enough's enough and say that 
This ownership doesn't care about this team winning. Uh, the general manager, I'm. I mean, he's not. He's not passing, in my opinion. In my opinion, though, like the general manager, it kind of doesn't matter because the the higher ups are going to do what they're going to do anyway. They're going like, to like, like they're going to tell him no. You can't. Yeah, like Chuck Fletcher was like, I'd like to try to keep him around. No. Do you remember when they uh, fired Dave Hextall? Yeah. How Ron Hextall tried to save Dave's yep. job? He threw himself on the sword, essentially. He did, yeah. Which, again, to throw yourself on the sword for that guy, As, you know. that's a little, yeah. But, no, that, he, that's another example, I mean, again, of, of the organization going to bo- do In what both these want. cases, you can look at the decision to fire the head coaches and say, on on face value, they're good decisions. I mean, the Flyers are in shambles at this point. Dave Hextall's Flyers mm-hmm. were in shambles by the time they fired him. But... It's just it's the overall theme. It's every time of the last thirty years. Mike Sullivan's lasted as long as he has in Pittsburgh for a reason. Right. He's had ups and downs. They've had losing streaks. It happens. Yeah. It's a long game. But like, they're you're gonna look at the guy's record one day. You're like, man, seventy four, fifty four, nineteen. wasn't that bad. wasn't that bad of a head coach. Todd Reardon had a pretty good head coaching record with the Washington Capitals too. So it's yeah, not like like true. again, I don't absolve Elaine Vino from everything that was going on. I'm just saying that if you're celebrating this firing today, you're celebrating for every reason that you shouldn't be. Yeah, like I, I'm not even going to go as saying the cloud as far isn't gone like, from Philadelphia. No, I'm it's not even here and go it's here to stay. And say as far like oh, like Av was perfect. I'm not going to say that. I'm also not going to say like oh, he doesn't deserve to be fired. I'm not going to say that either. But what I'm saying is what happened is what happened today is the fact that it's it's the the results of an overall organizational failure that has been the repeating failure. Of the past three decades. And so if you're celebrating Elaine Vigneault being fired because you think it's going to fix things, you are simply celebrating the mediocrity that has been around this team for the past 30 years. The Flyers are a traditional powerhouse that are supposed to make deep runs into the playoffs. In the same way, that the Penn State Nittany Lions are a considered powerhouse college football program well guess what yeah penn state you want to talk about that coach now (laughs) how they uh extended him for what 10 years or something ridiculous sandy barber is the worst athletic director in all Uh, college sports well how long is it now how long is he going to be on the team now was it eight years something he he joined in 2015 well what i know but didn't he he just signed a new extension signed eight years and then gave him 10 years and then they'll give him 15 years when they go when they go six and six next year because so wait, so the the contract he signed made it go from eight to ten. I think I think it's just going to be ten. It's just going to keep him through twenty thirty one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, only only twenty thirty one. But like, it, I don't it, even it, watch it's a good comparison. Football. The Flyers are a traditional powerhouse <laughs> in the same way the Penn State and any Lions are a traditional college football program. Right. Guess what the fact is about both those teams? Neither of them have won a big time yeah. series, a big time game since the nineteen eighties. Well, the Flyers, I would say, have won big-time games here and there. Yeah, but, but they haven't won the one. No, no. Penn State's no. last national title was 1986. Their last Rose Bowl win was 1995. Mm. So, like, you know, Penn State, oh, but we will, we'll get the Outback Bowl this year. The Flyers, oh, we'll get to be the eighth seed. I have a problem with the Bulls. i got a problem with them. Well, it depends. It's too many. Well, here's the thing. Too All, many Bulls for me. You can simplify it, though. If it's a New Year's Day bowl game, it matters to some. It's it's reputable. That's all you need to know. Okay, that's actually, that's 
That's a good piece of information. If you have, if you're playing a bowl game on December 27th, you are a piece of shit organization <laughs> that should not even be allowed. You should get the death penalty for your program. Right. But as long as you're right. playing on New Year's Day or after, yeah. it is a reputable bowl and it has a place in a trophy room. Okay. So if you're if you are not watching it hungover, then it's it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I got it. I figured. It out. Um. But yeah. Uh. No, and that's I, why we get the Outback Bowl this year, and Arkansas is gonna kick our ass. My only thought is just like I care about the college football championship. That's it. That's to me the big one. What do you think of the playoff this year? I don't even understand it. I don't get it. Writers choose. What the fuck is that? Well, in the same You're way, we're gonna let a couple nerds pick who's gonna go to the playoffs. To be fair, we let Come nerds on. pick the MVP. We let nerds pick a bunch of shit. That's true. I'm not agreeing with that either. I'm just saying. I have been on the boat as we get further and further away from the Flyers. Yeah. The college, like, I figured it'd be nice to steer away. We should have no college football rankings for the first seven weeks of college football. Okay. No team should be ranked going sure. in. There should be no preseason poll because it's not fair. Yep. As somebody who doesn't understand how it works, that sounds good to me. Because guess what? Cincinnati almost kind <laughs> almost got fucked out of a playoff spot, even though they clearly deserved That's it. That's what I've heard. And I've heard that they're playing very well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very well. Like they got the logo. You don't with release. The paw. I've always liked that logo. Yeah, it's got the. Na- I like how it has the nails <laughs> on the paw. That's part of the the, the paw that I like. You know who went to Cincinnati? <laughs> Travis and Jason Kelsey. Oh, did I did not know that? Yep, I did not. But know that. um, the thing is, is that you should have no preseason poll, no okay. poll for the first seven weeks. That gives Brighters these nerds all the so-called <laughs> time in the world to gather enough information, yeah. so yeah. that way they can rank. Boise State at 18, and it'd be like, yeah, but is Boise State at 18 really better than Michigan, who's not ranked right now? Michigan went from unranked to in the fucking playoff. Yeah. Because the ranking system's ridiculous. Now they'll tell you, oh, but we don't rank the college football playoff ranking until like week nine. Well, then what's the point of the ranking system yeah, anymore? Right. Yeah. And That's when they ex- and then they're going to extend it to eight teams, which is going to just dilute the playoff. Yeah. Right now you're going to have Georgia. You're going to have Georgia at the three. Or no, you're going to have Georgia at the two. So you're going to have Georgia versus Michigan, and that'll be oh, you know, Georgia will kick their ass. And then Alabama is going to play Cincinnati, and that's not even going to be close because Alabama has the Bill Belichick of college football yeah. head coaches. Nick Saban. Yeah. Burn it now. Um, quickly. Switching on to football for just a quick second. Are we going to do it? NFL. Are we going to do it? We're going to do it. Let's let's do it. Philly loves a backup, man. Philly loves a backup. Oh baby. my god! You knew. I knew early last week when they were just discussing it. They were just teasing it. <laughs> they were just saying, "Oh, Jalen Hurts, his ankles bothering him." I just put my foot down right then and there, and I said, "That's it. Here they come." Here comes the Minshew maniac people. They're all going to come running in, claiming that Minshew's the guy because he can actually throw a ball, blah, 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 blah. All this other bullshit because he's going to beat the Jets, for Christ's sake. It's the Jets. Come on. Their, their quarterback went to fucking BYU. This is ridiculous. So, uh, Seth Goodyear, uh, oh. my, my old boss. And I love Penn it. Sa- my old- I love it. Because <laughs> old- I love Minshew. Did you see him after the game, how he was dressed? With, with his father? I saw him after the game with his father. That's what I'm saying. But you see how he was dressed. Yeah, he's got. He's like Tom Cruise in From in Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yeah. It was am- it's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. He's, he's got a- the need for speed, man. He's a national treasure. And he deserves to be in Philadelphia. So, my uh, one of my closest friends, Seth Goodyear, who was my boss at Penn State Harrisburg, he's a big-time Dallas Cowboys fan. He, yeah. he texts okay. me during the game when Minshew started 8-for-8. Eight eight. He says, breaking news, Eagles signed Gardner Minshew to 15-year, $375 million contract after he starts 8-for-8 eight eight against the Jets of all teams. 
According to sources close to the team, Eagles will trade Jalen Hurts to the Steelers in return for the city of Pittsburgh, admitting the Philly cheesesteak is the best sandwich of all time. Did he? Did he hear that? That was Jeff Lurie putting his getting his pen out because he had to white out all the information because that dude just fucking nailed exactly what's happening right now. Jeff Lurie was already out on Jalen Hurts apparently. Oh, I know. To yeah, all apparently reports. he was. Pushing. This doesn't exactly help you if you're Jalen Hurts. No, apparently this was him pushing also Garmin shoot to play, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Every time, man. I can't. Dude, this, I can't. Jeffrey I can't Lurie, do it. Jeffrey Lurie is becoming more and more like Jerry Jones, just in a weirder way that I could in ever imagine. In a shittier way. It's just, it's it's hilarious. It's so funny to me. I love it. Someone, I love it. Someone says to me, well, what's the point of not seeing what you have in Gardner Minshew? That's not my issue. My issue is that you paraded this whole week of, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's on the podium, says, I'm going to play. You know, and he's candid, you know, doesn't say much attitude. Yeah. And then it gets closer and closer, and Derek Gunn tweets out he's out. And that's he's not out because he wasn't healthy enough. If Jalen Hurts could have played, wanted to play, if Jeffrey Lurie wanted him to play, he would have played the game. But Jeffrey Lurie is not happy with 50 passing yards per game and 300 rushing yards per game. He wanted to see what we have in the other guy. And the other guy goes out there, and what a what a cupcake team to go up against. Right. What better way to further your own agenda and to better your own argument than to send him out there against the equivalent of Vanderbilt? Yeah. You send him out there. The running game's phenomenal, although we just lost Miles Sanders again. Yeah. I picked and, him up for fantasy for one game, and he won me the game. <laughs> he goes yeah. 11 of 11 to start the game, 249 passing yards, a 133.8 quarterback rating, which is the highest quarterback rating <laughs> by an Eagles starter since Nick Foles in the NFC oh, Championship yeah, the game backup, against the, the Vikings. Of all backups. The greatest backup quarterback of all time. I take that back. Kurt Warner is probably the greatest underdog story of all time, and I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. I, I'm not. Oh well, no, Hollywood's gonna ruin it. It looks terrible. No, they're not. Hollywood's not even gonna ruin it. Did you see the? Did you see any of it? Have you seen the trailers? It looks, I've it seen looks bits and pieces of the trailers. Terrible. What well, don't you personally? Okay, so well, I haven't all paid. of it. All <laughs> of it. It is all terrible. I just I saw the one part where he's in the grocery store and like I think he's holding the box of like I don't know whichever quarterback was hot at the time and is like the coworker. It was Oh, it's Marino? Yeah. And the grocery store was like, well, you think it could be that guy? I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what happened right, yeah, in the grocery store. Yeah, in the goddamn grocery store. The, 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 the scenes of him throwing the ball in what looks like an arena, but it's like it's all blacked out because they didn't have the actual CGI money to make a crowd inside of it. <laughs> it was ter- it, looks, it looks terrible. And I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, it's because Kurt Warner's terrible. It's not. It's just, you know, it's, it's a biopic that doesn't have enough money. Most biopics don't do well. Most of them are not good. And if they don't have money involved, it's going to be even worse. But here's the thing. Um, I have no problem with people saying, like, well, well, why don't we just see what Minshew has? Because you did this with the last quarterback. And you did it with the one before that. And you did it with the one before that. And you did it with the one before that. And the one before that. And the one before that. And it goes all the way back. It goes all the way back. You've done it with every single quarterback where you say, well, why don't we see what the backup has? The only because you got to give a guy a fucking chance. The only guy dude. we haven't done that with was Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Because Donovan McNabb is the greatest quarterback this team ever had. Yeah. Not in terms of talent, because the greatest talent we ever had right. was Carson Wentz. Yeah. And how and did they, that go? And they threw him away. Right. Now, Wentz was a baby, and I yeah, still he, don't he, respect he, him. You, you could argue he didn't handle the situation but well, and that's fine. This that's more that's justified. When Nick Sirianni said, Jalen Hurts is our starting quarterback, I said, I really hope he's right. Because... When they go out there against Washington at at home 
in a game they have to now win, yeah, I want Jalen Hurts to be my quarterback. Yes. Because Jalen Hurts is a leader. And I'm not saying Gardner Minshew isn't. I'm not even saying Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew couldn't win the game. I just believe Jalen Hurts can win that game. And I believe that you've got to give this guy another opportunity to get back in there and run the offense the way that they were. Because take it, let's say they win that Giants game. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they win 20 to 10. They still look bad in the process. But Hurts leads them down the stretch and wins a comeback, leads a comeback win. Do you think Carter Minshew is playing this week against the Jets? I sure, sure as hell don't. No, I, I would say no. Yeah, Jalen would Hurts would have played well. against the Jets. Maybe he's not as effective because I do think he was hurt to an extent. I think so too. But I think he was healthy enough to play. Maybe. So, um, and I'll quickly throw things back over to your quarterback, uh, Tua Tungabailoa. Oh, you want to talk about that? Hey, let's talk t- about how he's been playing extremely well and they've won five games in a row. Can we talk about how Logan Ryan was like, yeah, I can throw two-yard passes like Tua does. Oh, Logan. Oh, nice. Good. Nice trash talk. When you're four and seven, you don't get to say that. Here's the thing. Like, I, someone else, some other, I think it was J.C. Jackson with New England. I don't know if it was him. It was, it was a defensive back from New England when they played them the first week. And uh, two or three an interception at one point, and he said, "Like, well, it's not hard to rattle him. You just got to take away his first read away. You lost the fucking game, man. So clearly, it was that hard mm-hmm. because you lost the game. Mm-hmm. And oh, two, he could throw. Uh, anybody could throw two yard passes. Okay, well, that's what Brady does. What is what is what's his nickname? The goat. Right. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I'm just. I don't like, dude. I don't give a shit. But what about the fact that last week? Or, I'm sorry, two weeks ago." Uh, to it through the longest air yard pass in the entire league of 54 yards they to they special teams extraordinaire Mac Collins. <laughs> I mean, hey, what hey, happened then? Do you know how mad I get every time you say that? Dude, did you see that catch yesterday? I absolutely, I did. He, Ridiculous. He, he's always due for one of those catches. He is, yeah. No, last year he had one as well. Last year he had, yeah. We could talk about Matt Collins all day. Can I tell you the, the Arizona th- game last year? He had a game-winning touchdown. The miracle in Las Vegas against the Raiders, where uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick was getting his like head, head slapped. Yeah, he's getting his head torn off. Matt Collins caught that ball. Matt Collins caught catches the touchdown against the Jets. Matt Collins catches the touchdown uh, the other day against the Giants. Can we think of their name because their organization is terrible? But uh, I, well, I yeah. want to read you off some quick stats. I just want to see if you can guess the players. No, I can't. Um, we'll try. No, you will. All right. So this wide receiver currently has 78 receptions for 1,209 yards and seven touchdowns. Say that again. Say that again. This current wide receiver playing in the NFC has 78 NFC. receptions for 1,209 yards and seven touchdowns. Okay. Player B has 26 receptions for 208 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> Who are these two players? The second one's Rager. Yeah. The first one I'm going to have to guess is Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, given the oh, situation yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Jeff, you finally disagree with Howie on something, yeah. and now you <laughs> he's got 52 fucking more receptions than Rager. That's what – here's the thing. Both first-round picks taking one pick apart. Here's my thing here, too, as well. Um, you know, Now, Jeff Lurie apparently doesn't want Jalen Hurts. Says I want him to throw the ball more. Um. Then let's let's get down to the brass tacks. Who drafted him then? That was, was it Doug Peterson? No. Was it Howie Roseman? Yes. Was it Jeff Laurie? Who kind was of. the one pushing for Jalen Hurts? Because what the fuck, man? It doesn't make any sense. Did you back draft him as a backup? Because that's stupid as shit. If you're going to use a second round pick to draft Jalen Hurts as your backup quarterback, anybody as your backup quarterback, 
That's stupid as shit, considering all the other things that you need on your team to help your current quarterback. Linebacker, cornerback. So that means you drafted line. him to be your replacement quarterback. That's what it seems like, right? But then halfway through his first 10 starts in his first actual season as a starter, Jalen Hurts, the owner says, ah, I want them to throw the ball more. Then why did you draft a quarterback whose biggest threat was his legs? I have a better question. It makes no sense, Jeff. What did you think you were doing when you got him? This this city finally had wrapped itself back around Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Felt bad for him for the way it ended against Seattle in the playoffs. But we're like, you know what? We have our guy. He played pretty well. And Week one throws a bomb to Deshaun Jackson. Blows everybody's tits up. Yep. And Deshaun Jackson never played again after that. <laughs> he gets one. He gets one against Dallas every year, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But even if Jalen Hurts had ended up being great this year and the Eagles got to the playoffs, drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round is one of the poorest uses of resources. That's terrible. I, I, don't, I can't think of a worse use of a draft pick. Maybe Marcus Smith. But the thing is, is that, like, that's just a bust of a yeah, draft right. pick. Yeah, you can't count the, a bust. The logic behind drafting Jalen Hurts yeah. – will never make sense. Mm. They didn't need a backup quarterback. If they really wanted one, they could have signed a Mike Glennon. They oh, could or maybe have, a Joe Flacco. Could have signed a Joe Flacco. Yeah. For three, they did that anyway. You could have traded for Garner Minshew. You could have signed... You could have asked Josh yeah. McCown to come back. Yeah. You could have done all those things. Any of your current and or former backups you could have got. Jalen Hurts' record as a starter? Not good. But here's the thing. Now that he's here, and now that he's had a year to grow with the offense... You have to. You got to give y- the kid an opportunity. You cannot turn this kid away. No. Because Especially you, considering how he handled this. A lot, of, a lot more dignity than I think Wentz did. Uh, just, the, yeah, not even that. Like, the extreme just, the, the leadership that leaks off of that guy, and you're not going to give him a chance? If he is not the starting quarterback next, or not this Sunday because they have a bye week now, but the following yeah, yeah, Sunday yeah. against Washington in the biggest game that he will play in his career potentially – then you know what? Then you've admitted that Harry Roseman's incapable of doing his job and you need to remove him. Yeah. It's either play Hurts and accept the results from the guy that you will vehemently defend or tell Howie this will be your last year being the general manager. Or 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 you just keep just keep doing it. Which and you just leave us here baffled to talk about it. And uh and and time will go on. And then one day uh, it's all. It'll all end. The Earth will eventually be consumed. The sun by will the sun. fizzle out, and uh, it'll eat itself. I don't know if it turns into a black hole. I don't know how it all. The works. sun's not big. The sun's isn't big enough where it'll become black hole. There's a. Okay. There, they've uh, estimated there's like a three percent chance it'll happen, but more uh, likely, it will simply burn out the way that most stars do. This will will just go to a supernova. It'll become a red supergiant. Yeah. And, and its just, orbit will extend as far out as I believe, just a little bit past Mars. And then it'll explode, and then all of the planets in the solar system will be destroyed. All the moons in the solar system will be destroyed. But you can be best assured the one thing that will remain timeless is when Nick Foles caught a touchdown pass in Super Bowl 52. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Fly Guys Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at CameraKline15, at GoodRJustin, and at Fly Guys Podcast. Be happy. Be healthy. Be warm. It might snow on Wednesday. And as always, let's go, John Tortorella. Get your ass to Philadelphia. Uh.